The Vicar Widow's Knock Knock, episode 45, narrated by Leo St. Paul. Damn it, player, Anthony had cried over the message. You better get your ass back here. We're done in the second dag, and we're in a whole lot of shit. And I mean like a mountain of shit, like truckloads of... Yeah, I get the point, Joshua responded. He was already on his way to the second deck of the motherboard building. This particular floor housed Kobe Games' main IT suite. It was also where the main information local drive reader and encryption device sat, or Mildred for short. Mildred was the main Kobe server. Putting it simply, she was the main powerhouse of the Kobe Games empire. She was the heart of the motherboard. On this morning, as Joshua rushed to see who was gaining access to Mildred's information, he was greeted by a man in black. Good morning, Mr. Kobe, he greeted. I'm Professor Lynch. The lawmaker pin on his lapel introduced his purpose before he said anything further. Beads of sweat had started to gather in Joshua's forehead, but his body language remained composed. If you have a warrant, I'd be happy to open up the servers for you. Professor Lynch smiled. It would have been personable if the man weren't so sure of himself. The warrant is within. You don't have to worry, we already have access to your servers, if you'll be so kind and step inside with me. My charge has some questions he would like to ask you about what he has found so far. Professor Lynch pushed the door open to the main frame room. The heat within was like stepping into an oven, no matter how many fans were operating. At the table next to Mildred, hidden mostly by a hefty laptop with the lawmaker symbol in the lid, was a boy of about ten years old. His name was Sanji Rappaport. He was a remarkable young man. Certified genius at the age of seven, he already had degrees in information technology from Kingsgate University. Coincidentally, this is where he had met his handler, Professor Lynch. Lynch was a retired academic. His specialty was history and communication. He had been tasked with overlooking the boy, honing his skills and providing service to the Office of Lawmakers Forensic Accountants. He was part of their Hellhound team, the other two of which we've already met. Joshua looked at the registry screen. Lil Sniffles logged in. That was the name he went by in the cyber world. He called himself that as a tongue-in-cheek play on the name the Black Bands gave him when they learned of his ability to spread viruses through online communities. He was a Sabala native, raised by Van Holder himself. He had been brought to Colford and educated by Judge Doyle. Lynch went on to explain, We're going to start by searching the archives for any time the name Tabitha McKinney has turned up. Bleep! The search Lil Sniffles had initiated produced one result. We'll copy those files as part of our investigation, added Lynch. You'll find the details in the warrant. Bleep! 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 More search finds popped up. We'll take into account the sensitivity of some of the other user data on the servers, employee details, etc. Only information used in evidence will be presented. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Sanji looked up from behind his computer. To Joshua, he seemed delighted by what he had found. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Sanji raised an eyebrow at his screen. He then tapped on some keys. Bleep, another one. Does that win a prize? The door was thrown open by Anthony. He gasped, having rushed in from his office in the fourth deck. Got here as quick as I could. Professor Lynch addressed the Colby lawyer. Oh, you must be our legal correspondent. You have been made aware we've been granted at least three hours of your server time to gather what information we can. Bleep, bleep. Oh, that little motherfucker's going to cause us all kinds of shit, Anthony said to Joshua on an aside. Well, I haven't done anything wrong, Joshua maintained. Anthony agreed. Oh, I know, but they ain't going to see it that way. If our users find out the lawmakers are tracking servers, they're going to pull out. Your dealings with the boss lady? Beep! God damn it, will you shut that fucking thing up? Sanji scowled behind his laptop screen. Feel free to go about your business for now, said Lynch. We wouldn't want to hold you back. I think we have everything we need here. We'll call you should anything turn up. A cacophony of bleeps sounded from Sanji's laptop then. 
He stopped. He leaned back in his chair. He took a sip of the milkshake that had been brought to him. Lil Sniffles has joined the chat. Joshua read the server screen. I know that username, he reflected. He was the one that wrecked the Lonesome Night server just last year. Bleep. Bleep. The game had been glitching all day. The support thread had been filling for most of the afternoon. People were asking a lot of questions as to where their profiles had gone. It was a major data breach. A lot of money was lost too, as users logged out and the stock at the Beckenridge Tower dropped rapidly. One gamer tag, Lil Sniffles, kept filling the error logs with complaints. Reg3 Online, error code 1304. Finn D Online, error code 1504. Lex F1 Online, error code 1104. It took two hours for Joshua, backed by two of Colby's best technicians, to break the firewall that Lil Sniffles had thrown up. When they finally managed to confront the user, there were no verifications, no apologies, but his message had been simple. Lil Sniffles has joined the chat. Lil Sniffles Your servers have now been infected by a rapidly replicating virus. In the next few hours, it will have destroyed your mainframe's hard drive. You will already be experiencing a 60% fall in your processing speed. I'm not looking to cause any permanent damage. I have the code to write the virus out. Joshua looked at Anthony at the time. Well, what do we do about this? he asked. Find out what the motherfucker wants, Anthony suggested. Those stocks are still falling, and if we don't do something about this, we're going to end up flat broke, player. Joshua sighed. He took one of the stations. Kobe Player One has joined the chat. Kobe Player One, what do you want? It didn't take long before there was a response. Lil Sniffles. The Marabi village in southern Sabala is under a constant wave of attacks from nearby rebels. I will send you a video file which confirms some of the atrocities. You will circulate this as far as your networks will allow. Once this has been done, I will write the virus out of your system. Joshua checked the footage. It was difficult to stomach. There were graphic images of men, women and children being put to the slaughter. It was a humanitarian crisis in a part of the world that Colford seemed to have forgotten about. It was brought back to mind that day. As agreed, the awareness was spread and the virus was removed. Lil Sniffles had bested the brightest minds of Kobe games, including Josh Kobe himself. Three years after gaining the access to the server room, Joshua returned to the second deck to check on them. He wanted to politely remind little Sanji and his handler that it was time to leave. When he entered the heat again, Sanji was still behind his laptop. Time now, Sanji, said Professor Lynch. He had been pacing, admiring the Kobe games hardware. Sanji logged out of the mainframe and stored his laptop away in a black shoulder bag. On this bag was the badge of the Sabala Black Bands. After they were gone, Anthony asked Josh how many occurrences of the boss lady being mentioned they found. Josh shook his head. Adding their full name, shanties and knock-knock club to the search. 246. Oh, player. Fuck. I didn't get much opportunity to visit Cardine. It was an area of the city that had set itself aside from the rest. It was a technological centre of Colford, as previously discussed. As I made my way to my meeting point, I passed glittering arcades, hip-hop dance demonstrations on the streets and swarms of smiling, excited faces. It was a buzzing, bright place. I arrived at the planetarium restaurant. To access the unique building, you were taken aboard a glass elevator with a 360 view. Once inside, you were raised to the skyscraping platform where the space-themed eatery sat. The view over Cardine you were given was beyond remarkable. The light show from the Gigantodome complex as darkness set in was worth spending a few extra minutes at the restaurant entrance to watch. Waiting inside at a reserved table was Joshua Colby. He was a down-to-earth man on first appearance. He waved me over, but before I could join him, I was stopped by a waitress. Table for one, she asked. 
I'm here to meet with Mr. Colby, I explained. The waitress turned back with confirmation from Josh. He's here with me, Lorraine, he confirmed. The waitress handed me a menu with a smile. I'll be your server, she said. I'll give you a few moments. Can I get you something to drink? Uh, just coffee, please, I ordered. Thanks for taking the time out to meet with me, I said to Josh as I took a seat across from him. I was expressed in the dead I've been hounding me. I had to file grievances against them when both printed contradicting stories without my say-so. They both have their agendas, so I'd rather talk to you, Josh explained. Such was the way of mainstream press. Thought it'd be better to talk to a guy who'd been through it too, he added. I appreciate it, I assured him. I couldn't help but feel a little glee at the thought of Sandra Wake's reaction when she saw my little blog had an exclusive interview with Mr. Sixty himself. Tabitha's clamped at the club from now until the office of lawmakers do what they have to do to lock her up again. How do you feel about that? She's really something, Josh laughed nervously. I knew this would blow up. That's why I thought I'd better set my part of the story straight. He seemed to think about how he felt about Tabitha's limited freedom. In an expression that surprised me, he seemed to be quite pleased at the idea. It's good for the shanties, I suppose, he said. I heard the Baroness was back on stage at the club too. You'll be glad. A lot of people were put out of homes and left without help when the lawmakers shut them down. A lot of people benefited from the knock-knock club, I admitted. Do you think it was worth the lives lost, though? Can't put a price on life, said Josh. All I know is, we all got to wake up to what's going on around here. I couldn't agree more, I said. Freefall was a wake-up for you? I've never been woken in my life. I don't think I slept for days. Click. 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 The noise of the high heels slowly crossing the marble floor resonated in Joshua's ears. He clutched the huge Beckenridge table he was sat at. The dead body of one of his firm employees still lay on top. He was shivering uncontrollably. It could have been the breeze. The window was still open where 59 people had fallen to their deaths. Click. 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 You seem a decent kind of guy, so I'll level with you. Josh looked up. The girl in the red dress perched herself on the table next to him. I did what I did tonight because I'm standing up for those who can't fight for themselves, said she. I'm like a fucking superhero. Josh cried. I think you made your point. Maybe, replied Tabitha. Do you think I've made my point? She asked Reggie Penn. Reggie snatched Josh by the collar and dragged him to the window. Josh emitted a shriek when he was held out. Given the height of the Beckenridge Tower, it was a little blurry, but the mess of body, blood brains below made his stomach turn. I had therapy for a while afterwards, Joshua explained. I'm doing better now, but... I was a mess at the time. can imagine, I said. Given all that I'd faced since Tabitha came into my life, I could completely understand. So I got this. Joshua rolled up his sleeve, displaying a tattoo on his arm that showed the number 60. I snapped a picture of it. It reminds me how close I came, said he. I came so close to spilling my guts on the back to our courtyard, it reminds me that... Every day, no matter what happens, I have to do business right. No matter how much easier it would be to cut corners, it was really my commitment to doing the right thing that saved my life that night. It stopped at 59. It stopped at me. Was anything mentioned about Mayor Phelps and what she'd done with him? No, Josh stated with certainty. After what she put you through, why would you listen to anything she has to say? Josh thought about it. It was fear at first, he said. I've never dealt with anything like that in my life. My games can be violent sometimes, but I've never ever seen anything like that in reality. Cardine born and we've got a small community here. It's a culture shock when you go into the city, main. Reg Penn was no man to mess around. 
The triplets aren't either. Tabitha? She was something else. As the night wore on, the more she dropped her stage act. She let her performance fall behind the curtains, and I could see she was desperate. She would have to be to do what she did. She was right on a lot of things, though. Too many people were being overlooked, and someone had to catch the attention. That's one way of looking at it, I said. Can't agree with you, though. There was nothing right in what she did. Josh nodded. I know. But if you were backed into a corner, what would you do? I never thought I would find myself listening to the ramblings of a crazy little bitch in a red dress. If you told me before, I would have said, I'd fight her off, no sweat. But I didn't. This made me think of Madeline, my former colleague and friend. I had been backed into a corner then, both figuratively and literally. If someone had asked me, I would never have said I was capable of taking a life. I guess we can't predict even our own behaviour under certain circumstances. A turn of a conversation, which was a polite and courteous exchange, was broken by a Kobe Games jingle that sang from Joshua's pocket. Sorry, he excused himself, removing the device. I have alerts on the newsfeed. It looks like Colford Daily has something. I shook my head. Oh, this I'd love to see. Becker screened Shirley, Josh called to the waitress. On receipt of her orders, she switched on a large screen that hung above the entrance to the kitchens. The screen showed a cartoon icon from a game called Chomper Dash rush across. It was then replaced by an image of Sandra Wake standing before her camera lens, poised with a microphone in her hand. She was camped outside the Kobe Games building. In the last hour, we have received reports that Joshua Kobe of Kobe Games Inc. has been remanded in custody by the Office of Lawmakers for being complicit in the Freefall Massacre event, which saw deaths of 59 members, associates and staff of the Beckenridge firm. When the event occurred, Mr. Kobe had stated he had no prior meetings with Tabitha McKinney of the Knock Knock Club. He did have acquaintance with Reggie Penn of the Penn Auction House, who helped orchestrate the tragedy. A Kobe Games whistleblower had confirmed that Mr. Kobe and Reggie Penn had a long friendship and it is alleged that Kobe Games servers were used to spread information regarding the victims, access the Beckenridge Tower and lead the victims to their unfortunate deaths. Mr. Kobe has claimed himself Mr. Sixty and said he was always grateful to have survived. It could have been luck on his behalf or maybe it was something more sinister. Mr. Kobe has refused comment at this point, more to follow as the events unfold. I am Sandra Wake of Colford Daily News, your only source for the real news in the shady city. 246 mentions found by Sanji on his servers. Reggie had a lot of friends in that cyber world. Joshua had been confident he was innocent of any wrongdoing as well as he should have been. But the more he thought of his servers, the more ill at ease he became. That rotten to the core witch, I found myself grumbling. I'm not proud of it, but the idea of my own newspaper continuing to tear reputations apart got under my skin. If anyone was going to push someone like Joshua Colby to do underhanded things, it was those hyenas. It strengthened my resolve to tell the true stories, no matter where I found them. The truth was, Joshua was a good man. His empire brought thills to many. His tactics of encouraging and inspiring was admirable. I couldn't let him be dragged through the mud. It's time to get the truth out, Josh. We don't have a lot of time before this spreads, so I'll make a quick video and we can do a full piece later. We need a response before this gets too hot. Joshua looked nervous. He bit his lip at first, but then he managed a smile. I opened my phone to camera. The video we recorded isn't of much relevance. It basically reiterated the details of Josh's experience at Beckenridge Tower. I asked him his opinions on all those involved, which he gave respectfully and truthfully. I gathered the video to upload quickly. We were in a race against time before the latest daily drivel became viral. Error 65. Cannot access. It won't let me upload, I said, feeling thankful that having the tech module with me. Error 65. Josh raised an eyebrow. You use the scroll-on software, right? That's one of ours, let me see. I passed my phone to him for examination. 
He peeled off the back, pressed an inner button and allowed for some kind of reset. When he tried again, he sighed. He took his own phone. The screen asked him for the server ID. When he presented this, his screen also read error 65. What's going on? I asked. Shut down our servers, Joshua admitted. I'm sorry, Sam, I have to go and check in this. Joshua departed our interview in a hurry. I warned him to be careful if Sandra was hovering around his building still. Left alone, I contemplated how I was going to get around my own predicament. If it was true and the servers had been shut, it meant all my previous stories and interviews were gone. I had essentially been thrown into the media dark. As I looked up to the Becker screen, the image cut. It now read, Error 65. End of episode.